Hello, ghouls, guys, gals, ghoul days. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Being inclusive here, okay? So, today, I am steering the ship here, and this is Cryptid Chat with Alanis today. Mm. Round of applause! Yay! Yay! I wish we. I wish, man, you're so low budget. You don't have like the sound effect where someone can go. Like, no, I don't have a soundboard <laughs> yet. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Jesus, that's not even on my Amazon wish list. I, I am fulfilling the wish of my English teacher in high school, Mr. Sinsick. Shout out to Mr. Sinsick. Um, he said that I had a podcast, the perfect podcasting voice. Really? So here I am wow. doing a podcast. So if you guys don't know me, my name is Alanis, and I am the younger sister of Yami. Wow. Who is usually steering this ship. She's usually steering. She doesn't know what's going on today. I haven't. I know. You, what, have, a, you have like a smidgen. I know clue. what we're talking about. Yeah. I know the topic decently well, but you, I just let you like how, when I invite you, I just tell you the topic and I don't really give yeah, you too many details so you can react naturally. That's kind of what we're doing today. I literally just let you full range. What if I were to tell you, you behind that door is Father Gary Thomas. Oh my God, no way. I'm just kidding. No. I wish. Honestly, Father Gary Thomas, if you're listening I'll, to I'll this. I'll hit him up for the podcast. You should come on. It'd be cool. And we, I would love to interview fun, him. We'd have fun. It would be fun. Um, anyways, um, I'm super excited to be steering the ship and to be talking about what I wanted to talk about today. Ooh. All right. And yeah. you ready for it? Can I get a drum roll, please? What we're talking sure. about today? We are talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Wow. wow. The Warrens. Dynamic duo. The baddies that they are. The Iconic couple. Jay-Z and Beyonce could never. Oh. <laughs> Beyonce watching this podcast like, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Beyonce. Uh, anyways, so I, ch- I decided to choose the topic of talking about the warrens because i honestly have always been fascinated with them and i mean this and not in like the stereo like the kind of mainstream sense of i watched the conjuring movies and that's how i became fascinated with them no i actually knew them before the conjuring movies okay by watching paranormal state shout out to anybody who watches paranormal state on this podcast (laughs) um my early days in my um occult preteen years i your occult preteen years yeah yeah. You know, I think most of it's us... It's not even a phase. It's it's a lifestyle at this point. Most of us listening literally... You know what you're talking ...never about. left that stage, so it's fine. And never left Hop Topic either. Exactly. <laughs> never. <laughs> so, I remember that... Um, what's that guy? The guy's name Ryan. What's his name, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. You're the one that said you're the big fan of the show. Oh, my gosh. I forgot his name. You should... Could you Google it? Yeah. You See, this While is While she Googles always, it... We always have Google on okay. hand. I, Just... I call me Dory from... Finding Nemo, but I literally. His yeah. name is Ryan. Wow. Dang. Wow. <gasps> is that where she's from? Yeah. No way. Okay. Anyways, sorry, I made it's a, a discovery here. Community. They, okay. they kinda, it's a very tight knit community. All right. So yeah, watching Paranormal State, they um, uh, Ryan would bring on Lorraine Warren as like a consultant and like yeah, as a mentor, and, mm-hmm. and I was just like, wow, this lady's badass. Like I was just kind of in awe of like her gift of like being a clairvoyant, and that just kind of opened the doors. And then I found out about like her and her husband and then the conjuring movies came out and I was like, wait a minute. That's the, that's the, that's this them. is based off of the lady from paranormal state. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, so just learning more about like the extensive amount of cases that they've worked on. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly don't think there's a true quota like number of how many cases that they have. I'm been interested on. if you found like a like a a number like an s like an a guesstimate. Oh no, honestly, no? I could not find one. It's just a lot. Okay. Um, if it's out there, someone hit us up and be like, "This is the number." I feel this like this is the number you're like looking their for. Might know that. Kind probably. Of I feel like yeah, there's probably good like, like literal case files. Yes. Um. So yeah. So just like the extensive amount of cases, the museum itself, um, them kind of like shining light on like the study of the field of demonology, mm. um, and how that's something that really wasn't talked about before. No. Um, not people didn't even believe that was a thing. Um, also opening the door to talk about like clairvoyancy and things like that. So yeah. How are you feeling about this? Uh, I'm excited. Journey? Just, okay. Just because I have a, I feel like I have, a decent understanding of the warrants and their history. I've seen a few documentaries and things like that. Documentary. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, St. Cloud. The St. Cloud came at her. Can't do Can't. I live in the South and it's it's permeated. Um, so I, I feel like I have a decent understanding. Um, but I know when <laughs> I wonder you, if you can hear the truck. You know, sometimes I wonder if you can hear a lot of things. Um, and I just keep yeah, Maybe rolling. here's my squeaky chair. I changed from the stump. The stump was bugging my back. And yeah. also I kept slouching over. That's a little too and I'm much. like, if I'm going to be seriously leading this podcast, you can't be on the I can't stump. be like slouching in the slump. So no, fair enough. We got um, a big boy chair. But I feel like anytime you do extensive research on a subject, you always find more. You oh, always yeah. learn more. Um, I'm a strong believer that like there, you can never know everything. So yeah, I'm interested to see what you have uh, prepared for us. Or, one could say that I've conjured up. Ah! ah. <laughs> we both did the ah. same. See, this is how you know we're siblings. We share that one same brain cell. It's like pings back and forth. Like, ding, ding, ding. And if you're okay. listening, you too now share it. Yep, there you go. There you go. And then we've got one other person. Okay, anyways. Um. So, yeah. So, today I'm going to be talking about the history of the Warrens, how they ended up in this almost supernatural... Uh, war zone i don't even know how you I, would I call think that's it a, that's a good way to put uh, it. the battlefield if you will mm-hmm. um and talking about some of their notable cases i'm also going to be talking about some of their like unknown cases or some Ooh. that are like not that don't have as much as the teen boppers would say clout ah uh, okay 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 okay, okay. So the more the more um less mainstream yeah okay Exactly. I'm going to be also, for my skeptics out there listening, you know, obviously want to acknowledge both sides of the argument here, um, Mm -hmm. talking about some of the criticism that they faced for their work, um, and also their legacy, what came about, Um, because rest in peace, uh, both Ed and Lorraine Warren have passed already. Yeah, they've officially passed. Um, And so, yeah, this is also almost like a tribute to them. This episode is almost a tribute to them. Aww. Which I feel bad because my shenanigans, like, (laughs) I feel bad to say it's a tribute because... Damn. You know, I think anytime you you remember people, there's a tribute. Yeah. So, so it's lighthearted fun. This is going to be fun. It's, it's going to be fun. Alrighty. Let's so, fasten your seatbelts. I'm going to take you on a journey back into the olden days. Alrighty, guys. So I'm going to take you on a little time travel let's field like trip. let's let's take a little field trip back into i was just gonna say you olden days but not not too long ago all right so let's start ed and 
Ed Warren and Lorraine Rita Moran, because that was oh, her. I've actually never heard. That's her, her maiden name. Oh, okay. Um, were both born and raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They both were born and raised in the same place. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, oh. yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, it's no. like a small, quaint little town. Um, they met at the age of sixteen in a theater. This is really oh. cute. So he was the usher at the theater, cute. and I remember watching the documentary. Um, the it was like, uh, what's it? What's it called? Oh my gosh, the shock files or something like that. Yeah, shock files. yeah. so um, shock docs, something. Like that. Shock docs, yes. Um, it was on Discovery. Mm-hmm. It was like Discovery Plus. I think they have it. But basically, she would frequent with her mm-hmm. mom the theater. Okay. Um, I believe every Wednesday or something like that, and he would see her, and so he mm-hmm. started to spark up conversations. And then one day, apparently, he took her. I think he like walked her home or something like that, Ooh. and. And asked her out on a date. And so, yeah, that's how it, how they hit it off. Come on. And so they both had a similar bond in the sense, not only being raised in what seemed like a very small town of Bridgeport, Connecticut, um, they both kind of bonded over the paranormal. So, right off the bat, right off the bat, because Ed actually believed the house that he grew up in was haunted. All right. So he taught, he can, he actually recalls talking about like doors opening and closing by themselves and the formation of these strange lights in his home. So, like spirit orbs. I mean, you, one can infer like spirit gotcha. orbs. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And so Lorraine notes that she had like, she, of her clairvoyant, clairvoyant, wow, clairvoyant. <laughs> clairvoyant abilities at a young age. Her first experience apparently was when she was nine years old, Aww. where she would experience, where she would like see people's, well, this is actually lighthearted. Or she would see people's auras. Oh, okay. Okay. She would see, like, the color of the auras. She'd kind of see, like, a light around them. And she would talk about it to her family. And she believed it was normal, but her family kind of shut her up. They were um, like, oh. It's important to note that Lorraine Warren, well, Lorraine Rita Moran at the time, was raised by a very strict religious family. Okay. She didn't sure. believe in any kind of talk like that. I believe she went to an all-girls Catholic school as well. And okay. she would have, like, talks. She would, like, mention these things, and the nuns would basically shut her up. And we don't talk about these things. Okay. Understandable. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, Ed would come to join the Navy at 17 during World War II. Wow. Navy boy in the Navy. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry, and it. he actually would he would come to have a near-death experience so the oh, ship yeah. he was on collided with an oil tanker and all the men had to jump overboard to escape the fire that you know obviously ensued on board oh my god and so he was in the frigid waters for i believe for a couple of hours and he recalls praying for help and he was rescued shortly after i think he like talks about in the documentary like when they like mm-hmm. when they interview him sort of like a mist or something like like cl- like like the fire like parted or something like that like something kind of supernatural happened like a miracle okay, of like, sorts. So, like his, he was saved so yeah so that's sort of i mean i guess you could kind of understand why he would be more inclined to believe in the supernatural and you know life outside you know because he's had mm-hmm. seeming experiences he's had seeming experiences all right and so apparently he when he returned home he married lorraine warren in between i think like his um his like tours like he Aww. like only had like a couple like uh, like a couple of days or like seventy two hours something like that, and he was like, "Bam, we're getting married," kind of deal. What a boss! And then he went back to the navy right after. Okay, maybe not that much of a boss. But <laughs> I mean, it was during the time World War Two. You got to yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, that's not um, uncommon at all for sure. Yeah, and really cute. Aw, there's their story's really cute. So they're high school sweethearts. They're literally high school sweethearts. And, okay, so after Ed retired from the Navy, he would attend art school for some years. So, fun fact. 
He would. He went to oh, art school. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we get into how did they start investigating? And honestly, they kind of had a hustle. It was Loki kind of a hustle how they started doing these investigations. So basically, what they would do is they would sit down and they would research like houses they believe to be haunted. Okay. Get some background info, all these things. And so what would happen is that Ed, our homeboy, Ed would paint a portrait of the house. Lorraine would knock on the door and she'd offer the painting to the homeowners and strike up a conversation. Ah. And she would kind of like mention things like about like, and see if she can kind of like pick up pick on up anything. A, yeah. Okay. And like the families were obliged, obviously you see the sweet lady coming up to you with a painting, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and offering it to you. And it's like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And conversations kind of ensue. And then that's how it slipped the occurrences in the houses. So that was their key to gain access to the house and learning about and the history, yeah. uh, the phenomena, its happenings, everything. Interesting. So yeah, that's how they started. Uh, that's how they started off doing so it. And then from then, and then from then on, they sort of gained like a household name, especially in the New England area, which is very well active. You know, what's interesting to me is that, you know how like sometimes people like, especially in sales, when they're like trying out a product, yeah. they'll go like, not maybe not so much I'm nowadays, water. but back in the day, like they would go to door to door and like sell the product. That's basically, yeah, that's basically what, they, what they were doing to gain yeah. Um, a little bit of like, like you said, notoriety for themselves so that that people would trust them. Exactly. Um, So yeah, so that's basically how they shot up to stardom, you know, from continuously going with this hustle, man. It worked. It really worked. So now I'm going to kind of touch base on a couple of their most famous cases. And I will give a brief, I'm going to give a brief summary of these cases. I won't dive in too, too deep. Because for some of you, you're like, man, you're really beating a dead horse here. But some of you, you're like, I don't I didn't even know who Ed and Lorraine Warren were. Yeah, because it definitely like their name, their name, even if you don't know a lot about the paranormal because of just like horror movies nowadays, you have an idea of who they are. But for some of us in this community, we might have a little bit more of an understanding. But also movies, Hollywood kind of takes some liberties. Yes. Stretching some of the truth, you know. Always. All that fluffy stuff, Always. you know? All right. So the first case is of the Perron family. Oh, the Perron family? Perron family? family. Perron family. I just wanted to make that sound real fancy. So <laughs> he the, events, um, the, the events of what occurred in their home in uh, Rhode Island uh, mm-hmm. occurred. It It's depicted in the first Conjuring movie. So yes. if you haven't seen the first Conjuring, go and see it. Watch it. It's actually really it's good. It's very it's good. Probably one of my it's, yeah, it's probably has to be one of my favorite horror movies, honestly. Um, it's really scary. <laughs> so they moved into an old farmhouse in Rhode Island and it was Carolyn, Roger, and their five daughters. They had five daughters. Yeah. So, um, what occurred is they started witnessing the apparition of a woman in gray roaming the house. Right. And she was becoming more increasingly violent. And so she seemed to be, a spe- it, the spirit mainly seemed to be targeting Carolyn, the wife. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, I think one of the daughters, um, I was reading one of her interviews, she was basically saying that it was like a struggle for dominance in the house, because Carolyn was like the matriarch of the home, and the spirit very much did not like that. And so mainly the damage was inflicted on Carolyn. Carolyn, obviously, she unfortunately ended up being possessed, suffering injuries, yeah. 
it got very violent. So Ed and Lorraine Warren were called and they discovered that this house actually had several spirits. There's multiple spirits in this house because a lot had occurred in the grounds. Okay. So where the house was. There, it had, it had history yeah. It. it had, it was quite embedded in, it's quite rich in history. Let's just say and that. Not home. in a good way. But the other spirits, they found that the, the other spirits were harmless. Okay. They were harmless. Just um, chilling. The main spirit, I guess you could say the head honcho when it came to spirits, um, was not too friendly if he could have told, if he, if it wasn't obvious. Um, I won't say her name just because. Give her a nickname. Batty. Batty. Cute. <laughs> she a batty. <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> okay. So Batty is a spirit of a witch who allegedly sacrificed her baby to the devil, oh. and then hung herself in the tree in their backyard. Oh, no. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah. that was what they discovered. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren discovered in the household. Um, I believe, and when I watched the documentary, the exorcism didn't go well, and Ed and Lorraine Warren are actually kicked out. So, yeah, fun fact, if you watched the Conjuring movie, yeah, yada, yada, not all that was solved. But, I think that the 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 parent children um though are kind of like oh in debt like Ed and Lorraine Warren because they actually did help collab with the movie and I mean and part yeah, of the they promo were on the they, they were on the set and actually met with the actors and all um so yeah so I I guess all's all that all's well that ends well because I'm sure they got a nice nice cut of the Conjuring movie did it like it ever resolve, or they just? I believe they the family out, and that was it. I think Ed and Lorraine Warren were kicked out, and they had no other involvement in the case. That was it. Bada that bing, bada it. boom. So no. it's not as cla- It's not as um, clear cut like in the movie. It was. Yeah, it doesn't really have a resolve. I believe the family just left the home, eventually. Okay, understandable. That's understandable. All right, moving on to the infamous. Ah uh, yes, the I, infamous I know her. Doll. I know her. She's been around the block a few times. She cute. She cute. Annabelle the doll. If not one of the most haunted, cursed dolls in the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. All right. So how this whole, I don't want to say lore. I mean, for some of you, lore. Um, for some of you, the sto- this, uh, the events. Um, so it starts off... Um, 28-year-old Donna. She was a medical student, I believe, or a nurse. Mm-hmm. And her mom gifted her a Raggedy Ann doll, right? Which is cute. It's, it's a cute little sentiment. A little strange for... It'd be, I'd be a, it'd be a little sus for a 20-year-old girl, but I mean, I guess the mother was just like, aw, this is cute. Maybe it like, reminds her of like her childhood. Her childhood, like, maybe yeah. She collected them like our mom used to. My, okay, our mom used to... Side note. Our mom used to collect porcelain clowns. Yes. And that itself is terrifying because it puts two things I fear. Clowns porcelain dolls and puts them together yeah apparently my dad like tossed them all in the garbage yeah he said goodbye <laughs> I don't and blame i him. don't blame him i literally yeah. don't blame him anyways so how things started to really kickstart with annabelle is that she would start moving around the house and they would find her in places that she wasn't there like she wasn't she they didn't remember they didn't <laughs> oh, remember no. putting her there her and her roommate were like hmm that's strange what you doing um, and at first they thought it was a harmless prank the okay. one of one of the it was either Donna or it was her roommate that was playing a prank, very all funny. It's you know for shits and giggles you're doing that. I, I would think the same thing. Too. Yeah, like you know just harmless fun. But 
that necessarily wasn't the case when they started to find little notes around the house um that's like scribbled with like pretty much like a child's writing it would say like help us how oh, cute uh yeah <laughs> and things started to take quite a violent turn uh, with this doll and how it was um especially attacking i believe the roommate's boyfriend for instance like physically attacking uh yeah <laughs> so when those of it when it's really started kickstart they contacted a medium and the medium believed that it was a seven-year-old girl spirit who was wanting to coexist with them inside the doll that you say, think make it seem like harmless uh, oh you pity the girl the girl right do i really but when the warrens came in they found that it was a demonic presence that was oh. manipulating the doll Wonderful. itself and that it was pretty much planning on, like, it was pretty much an infestation. That it was planning on possessing either Donna or her roommate. Right. Uh, I, pretty I soon. That for them. Like, apparently the timeline was, like, like it was getting crucial. That, the, like, they At needed to remove, yeah. There was an attachment that was already formed. They needed to remove that doll immediately. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, the Ed and Lorraine Warren actually took the doll with them um, to their museum, their occult museum. And even then, I, the road the road trip back to their house I with the doll that. was quite eventful. The car would swerve. I think the car stopped working several times. Pretty much, Annabelle was putting up a fight. Was She was putting up a fight. She said, how dare you remove me from my crib? I'm comfy. I'm comfy here. I, I don't know about you guys, but, but I'm fine. Why here. do I have to leave? Why don't they leave? Well, they, literally, though. Okay, so to this day, the doll remains in the Warren's Occult Museum behind a glass case. It's blessed, I believe, twice a month. Literally, it's to the point where you cannot touch the glass. I mean, there was the there's a case of a guy who came in with his girlfriend and tapped on the glass and pretty much mocked the doll and said pretty much wanting it to do its worst yeah, to him I heard and about the story. he died in a motorcycle accident yeah, not too long to after that according to uh tony spara uh the son-in-law of ed and lorraine warren who is like the the museum caretaker now he's in charge of it now so yeah that is one that is another case that's a well-known one very well known um next two also very well known um we're gonna segue on into the Epneyville Horror. Another, a, a goodie. There's a goodie. We this, got a goodie. She is a goodie. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, the Epneyville Horror House um, is the house where Ronald DeFeo Jr. murdered his parents and siblings on November 13th, 1974. He shot them in the middle of the night, all of them, while they were sleeping. And it was something Lovely. that was uh, made headlines everywhere. It was huge. Because, well, obviously, they were a big family. And it was a quiet suburb town. And it was a nice home. Relatively nice home. So, the family itself had it's quite suburbia. a bit of money. Yeah. Um, so, basically, a year later, the Lutz family would move into this house and did not know at all that a year prior, oh, this so family was murdered in that very home. So, they were not aware. They were not aware of... That what this they were particular into. thing had happened. Nope. The Lutzes did not know at all. Well, they have... Yep. <laughs> I so, feel like they should almost they should Yeah, they should have been warned, but you would think. Yeah. <sighs> so basically, pretty quickly, they would start to experience some strange phenomena. Um, there would be foul odors around the house. Uh furniture would levitate. 
<laughs> just imagine i just whenever, okay, listen, going. listen when i was typing this up and doing my research i, I just my you. mind just thought of like just literally thought of like someone's recliner just like go up I'm like just... ascend and i it's funny the image Somebody's is funny nightstand a lamp is just going it's around. funny to think about that but i can imagine at the moment it's like 2 a.m you're oh, trying no, to get it sure. you're trying to get like a little midnight snacky snack and you turn your corner and you see... Oh, I'm, I'd be horrified. You see that recliner levitate. Yeah. I would probably piss my pants. I'd be dead. Like... Like, no, I don't, I don't yeah. mess with... I don't mess with floating rec- recliners. No, same here. So, you know... Again, <laughs> in, in theory, sounds great. In theory, in sounds practice, funny. not so much. Yeah. Um, they would also experience banging at night. There'd be, like, loud, loud, loud bangs. Uh, <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um, <laughs> she, the ghost said... I ain't getting no sleep because of y'all. Oh my gosh. No sleep That's one of my favorite vibes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I had to do it. Okay. I mean, true. Literally, the, 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 it was very active in there. Um, And also, the daughter had a strange imaginary friend that was. Oh. Listen, kids have imaginary friends, right? Yeah, I'm aware. But kids' imaginary friends don't come in the form of a red eyed pig. This is not normal. What kind of Lord of the Flies nonsense? Uh, that's oh my god! I thought of Lord of the Flies too when I was reading about uh, this. Lord of the Flies nonsense is this? They're like oh my gosh! So Ed and Lorraine Warren they came in to investigate the property. Um, they actually, uh, Lorraine Warren was able to pick up on a man who had lived in the house prior, prior to the DeFeos living okay. in this house, so way the- back when, who practiced black magic. And he had asked for his remains to be buried there after he passed. And, and were they buried there? Yes, they were. Jesus. Why? Yep. Yep. And now here's the thing. The Epneyville Whorehouse to this day, I believe, is it's it's still vacant, right? Or is it a bed and breakfast? They've done 20 million different things I feel to like it. it's passed through different owners. Um, Nobody wants the home. It's passed this- through different owners. Um from what I understood, this home has in been the exercised research, so many times, and I here's believe- the thing that from the research that I did on the home, um, it passed through several families, but the Lutzes were the only ones that Compl- seemingly complained about serious issues. It doesn't seem like anybody else had issues um, that we know of, mm, and I think it true. is a bed and breakfast now, if I remember correctly. Mm, yeah, um, and I think it's still <laughs> reported to be haunted, but like the Lutzes were the only ones that were. Yeah, like and even then it kind targeted. of like drew some skepticism. Yes. Um, some people believed that, um, they were what was it to say they were like they couldn't afford the home, so they were trying to get like a book deal. Like mind. pretty much, they changed their mind and were trying to get out all sorts of things. Yeah. Right, That's fair um, kind of reminds me of, like the Watcher House, mm-hmm. like how people believe like the Watcher, like like the Watcher was just like something that they just made it up, they concocted exactly to yeah, get yeah. money out of it. I think that it's fair enough when you have a case that draws a lot of attention and has seemingly crazy claims, you know, yeah, it, it, it makes sense that there's skepticism. And I think that's healthy oh, yeah, to have is, a certain level of skepticism. And um, this is, if not one of the most notoriously haunted houses in the world. Yeah. As long as it doesn't completely shut you off to it, because who am I to say that what these people went through Wasn't, was not true? Was not true. Like, I or, don't know. You know, I, I mean, they know. have like an entire book. That, there's a book that details of uh, there's two movies yes. by now. Uh, several movies, I think, by I now. I mean to read the book. But yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, 
it gives it like, like an account of the um what the Lutz has dealt with um in the house. Supposedly, it really scarred the family uh, for a yeah, long time. It, it it is quite quite the haunting. Um, but yeah, Ed and Lorraine weren't actually noted as one of their most like sinister cases. Oh wow! So they themselves were like, yeah, this, exactly <laughs> this shit wild. And I actually believe I might be wrong, so let's take this with a grain of salt mm-hmm. that. Lorraine Warren didn't even know when she came into this house. Oh, like the what, full history of what it happened? The full history okay. of, like, Ronald DeFeo killing his family. Okay. Like, did not know at all. And essentially was pick, picked it up. Picked up that something okay. horrible gotcha. had happened there. Um, yeah, so there's the Ebeneville house. There's actually a really creepy photo that's super notorious mm-hmm. for the Ebeneville house. It's like the little boy peeking with the glowing yes. eyes. Oh, God. Uh-huh. I hate that, I photo. Have seen that photo. Let me tell you, that photo just gives me the heebie jeebies. Like, ew. <laughs> Said, There's yeah. just something so gross. I just cannot stand that photo. It's we, just, we don't vibe. I don't it. think it was disproved as a. I don't think it's been debunked yet, right? I don't think. so. I don't think so. I think it's one of the most like kind of like tangible pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. of evidence I'd have from to, again, Google, the Etneville um, House. Oh, don't tell me you're gonna look at the photo. I might look at it, yeah. um, but it's just for my own like peace of mind. Etneville Horror House ghost pick. Those pictures. Uh, there, it is. there she is. There oh, she it's is. Creepy. I told you it's really weird. Yeah, supposedly captured. Uh, we don't need to look at the photo, but we can just like. Why is her about the young boy? Speaking as oh, okay, gotcha. It was supposedly oh, captured by, by, by a George Lutz, photographer, um, who was part of the team who worked with Ed and, and Lorraine. Lorraine. Warren. Oh, okay, got you. So this is the, during the 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 Warrens investigation. Yeah, it was an automatic camera that took infrared pictures to capture the second floor landing during the night um and supposedly captured this footage uh that they believe to be john defeo one of the oh my gosh oh that's creepy creepy. it literally looks like him ew dozens of websites have set out to prove or disprove the evil ghost photo but most people have yet to be convinced one way or the other Okay. Okay. So, so it's still just kind of mystery. I think it's pretty. I think that it is hard to the time that this happened. It's very hard to, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion, this is just me saying. Um, it's very hard to hoax something like that. I think yeah. you'd have to be very elaborate yeah. nowadays. It's you. If you were to show me that photo and say that it was taken like yesterday, I'd be like, mm, I'm yeah, calling cap. It's, it's a little. It's bit literally more... so easy to CGI something. It's a little more. Lo- I'm a little sus at that point. Exactly. Alrighty, so last on our docket list of famous cases. So we're talking about the famous cases, the ones that got the clout. So we're going to talk about the Enfield Poltergeist. So this is um, depicted, the events are depicted in The Conjuring 2. For Mm -hmm. those of you who have not watched it, I also recommend watching The Conjuring 2. She's scary. She's spoopy. She's also very spoopy. Um, so it talks about the Hod- Hodgson family. Um, and this takes place in England. It's in Enfield, which is a suburb in London. Um, so it was a Hodgson family, um, a single mother, um, it was a single a single mother and two daughters. Uh, they were terrorized by a poultry that would throw objects across the room, <laughs> levitate the kids out of their beds. Oh damn. Etc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the mainly um this poltergeist or this spirit entity whatever you would like to call it yeah, targeted it the youngest daughter janet who was 11 hmm. 
And so it became, it was starting to become more sinister because Janet would start to speak in a grunted, deep, masculine voice. Oh. This is not that easy to fake because of how deep. And there's actually, if you were to look up on YouTube, there's the actual BBC footage. I actually, side note, but kind of related. In my religion in the paranormal class, we actually watched the BBC documentary talking about the Enfield uh, haunting, and they actually have the recording from the seventies of like, I've heard, the like, news broadcast blurbs of, of it, but I can't, I can't of the girl, the much. the two the two sisters and Janet speaking in the voice. It's or it's, it's rough. Needless to say, it's chilling to watch. From my personal opinion, again, having just heard like a few words because oh, I couldn't do ew. it. Um, I cannot. No, I, I cannot fathom a ch- no a, a girl, a young girl doing that. That would be extremely. And here's the thing, for difficult. for the skeptics out there, there um when you watch the BBC documentary, I think there's like a linguistics es- expert that actually talks um that they bring on in the interview and. And this linguistics, um, it was an expert, basically talks about how essentially an 11 year old girl should not and cannot, I mean, without causing major vocal damage, like yes. major vocal damage, create that kind of a voice. Like it's, it's, it's possible, but that would cause like major damage to, to her voice. And they actually, in the interview, uh, Actually, in the interview, um, they have Janet now. Um, well, at the time, <laughs> what was I to say? Um, and she talks about her experience, and her voice is normal. There's no rasp to it. It's not damaged. She is a normal, you know? Interesting. Normal lady. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, so what they believe to be the spirit of an old man that had passed away in the home. Uh, ergo uh, the voice. The Warrens, yeah. Ergo the voice. Uh turned out to be a demonic possession as discovered hmm. by the warrens and yeah so basically they weren't as hands-on as we thought they were with this case they kind of like oversaw the case but it wasn't something as set in stone like in the conjuring 2 movies um so this is the thing about that makes the enfield poltergeist case interesting there's a lot of um what was i say not only is there like that interview there's also photograph that shows her levitating yeah supposedly levitating she would get into like famous photo what they see is that is that janet she would get into like a trans like state and would levitate and she wouldn't even know that she levitated until they showed her the photo and she's like look what you did and they were like and she'd be like what yeah okay so yeah she had no recollection of any of it um so what makes it very like i said what makes it very interesting is that a large variety of people witnessed some of these Mm -hmm. like phenomena like neighbors journalists and police officers. I believe police officers saw, like, a chair, like, be, be like, thrown. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot yeah. of people witnessed. This is a very ballsy entity, yes. essentially. Did not discriminate against, discriminate against no. who would see it or witness this. This entity yeah. was not, like, I'm shy. No, this it entity like... wanted attention, essentially. And, well, it got it. Um, yeah, so... There is the Enfield poltergeist. I believe Janet unfortunately had a rough life afterwards. I, I mean, didn't put it down there, but I believe she ended up developing cancer at some point. Oh, jeez. I don't think she ever had kids. 
or was married. It's uh, she didn't have a great life afterwards. After it, it seemed happened. to very much affect uh, her overall. Um, but I mean, you can imagine. Um, so the, some skepticism on the case. Some believed that she was just a child that was acting out. And that this was uh, a prank concocted by her and her sister for attention. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. But that's more okay. so just hearsay, you yeah. know? That's more so just, you know, kind of disproving mm-hmm. it. And, you know, there's not really any tangible evidence, I would say, for them pranking it. I feel like that's a really, some really extreme uh, ways r- for it's a really extreme children. way for children to be because i think her older sister was 13 so an 11 to 13 year old can caught this mastermind plan yeah it's it's a little bit of a stretch there yeah but yeah ta-da those are our famous cases spirit fingers, spirit fingers. so now we're gonna go into a couple of lesser known cases i mean if you guys are worn super fans you guys are be like oh, i already Come know about Warren these All-Stars. oh I been new. What what do we call? I want to give a name to like um, to like warnies. F- warnies. Warnies. Hi warnies. For my warnies out there. Oh my god. Ew. You sound like James James Charles. Like hi sister. <laughs> hi warnies. <laughs> so much association. So we're gonna go into the lesser known cases. So fasten your seatbelts. I was, gonna say, I was like, what are you doing? Belts. I'm like motioning Okay. seatbelts. Okay. Seat I'm excited belts. about these because I think... You I, might know one of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I only know the biggies. I don't know the small boys. Um, but that doesn't mean that the small boys aren't, aren't spicy. Yeah, they're spicy. There's some so. of them are pretty interesting. Okay, so we're going to start off with the case of the Donovan family. So this haunting spurred when the youngest daughter, Patty, uh, used a spirit board. Mm, dumb. Mm, yep. First mistake. Um, and communicated. Supposedly, she was. She said she was communicating with the spirit of a teenage boy who died in the neighborhood 10 yeah, years prior. Probably not. So the family started to experience loud pounding coming from the walls. Um, it was interesting is that wallpaper would peel. Apparently, it was wallpaper it kept said, getting peeled off. It which said, is annoying. listen, this floral <laughs> against that backsplash horrendous get rid yeah, of it yeah uh, yeah just did not like the wallpaper um the water would turn blood red supposedly Ew. in the house um and they would apparently the family would hear beasts like growls throughout the house as well Ew, that does not sound good and so when the warrants arrived it was actually it wasn't known that the young girl had uh was a uh dabbled with a spirit board um the warrants actually when they came in they were it, obviously interviewing the family and asked you know has anyone passed away in the home and the, with the family do they have any artifacts with them yeah, that could trying be to find a trigger they were trying to find something and the daughter confessed to having messed with the spirit board I've tossed my child and obviously they were like ding 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 that's what it was uh but yeah um the warrants immediately they said no this is a demonic infestation. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this entity is You've using been bamboozled. Yeah, essentially, this entity is using the guise of this teenage boy to gain access to the home, to the family, and yeah. So immediately they contacted a priest, and an exorcism was performed in the house. And apparently, that was a done deal after that. That all was fine in the home after. Oh, that. okay, so that was it. So yeah, that was it. So That's it was good. just a spirit. Uh, it was a case of the spirit board. Don't mess with spirit. I board. guess whatever it was wasn't sufficiently oh, yeah. strong enough to continue. Which is which is good. Um, this is like not a fun experience, but no, but it had a a, a good ending. Yeah, not a good ending. 
Alrighty. So this one is going to be more long and drawn out, more of like, I want to say like a time frame. Like mm-hmm. it was more of a uh, drawn out case. So we're going to talk about the Smurl family. Okay. I think this is the one I might know. Of. Yes. So this haunting actually went on for 13 years. Yes. By, I cannot fathom staying in per- my personal opinion. I cannot fathom staying in a haunted home for 13 years. That's that, I, I don't even know. What I, that, uh, that it's point. wow. When I literally, I, I knew about the Smurl family case, but I didn't know it was 13 years. So when I found that out, I was like, my mind was blown. Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> that really had to throw out the sheesh for yeah. that one. All right. So like the other case, they dealt with wallpapers being peeled. Like they slap on some new wallpaper and they'd come to find out it was torn it has been yanked uh strange odors um they would hear disturbing voices throughout the house in their sleep Hmm. um trigger warning um with this case i will say if you are um for the topic of sexual assault molestation you might want to tune out this part um, but, uh, allegedly, uh, the, I believe it was, the the Smurls, like, the husband and the wife, uh, who were both molested by spirits, um, Jesus. in their sleep. Um, and basically, Ed and Lorraine Warren came in because his family was desperate. His family was at their wits end, essentially, when it came I to bet. what was going on. They could not fathom what was going on. Uh, so they discovered the home was infested by four spirits. Oh, okay. Four Just spirits, four. Right? So... There was three that weren't, I mean, more so two that weren't that, like, as in, like, violent spirits. So there was, like, apparently an elderly woman, harmless. There's an old man who had died in the house, a young and violent girl, and a demon that controlled the other spirits. Okay. And this demon was said to have been a succubus. And now, if you're not familiar with, um... The, the legend or the lore, whatever you would like to call it, of what the succubus is. Succubus is essentially a demon that feeds off of sexual energy, <coughs> mainly target. Sorry, I have something in my throat. Let me drink my water. <laughs> yeah, little sippy mm-hmm. drink. Sippy sippy. Um, it allegedly pre- tends to prey on men. Um, I guess it does not discover any. <laughs> um, and I think it's an incubus. That- an incubus is like for women, but yeah. I mean, but yeah, essentially feeds off of their sexual energy. That's, uh, you know, Fair under enough. the guise of a beautiful woman, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So, they were dealing with a succubus. So, in, it didn't come till 1987 that the family finally left the home once and for That's all. That's wild to me. Um, Because it wasn't until two years later that finally an exorcism was performed in the house. My God. So, it took quite a bit of time for it to finally come down to it. But the family was pretty much at their wit's end at the end of this. And, I mean, it be imagined like it was about yeah you can imagine i mean imagine being in their shoes like and from watching the documentary and um i couldn't i couldn't watching the documentary basically the warrens um were saying that you know because because there was like reporters because like a lot of actually some of the cases there would be reporters that would come on the scene because you know a lot of these occurred in like obviously the new england area but like small suburb towns Mm -hmm. So it, it captures attention. Yeah, it caught a lot of media attention. Um, and the media, like I remember, there was like a reporter asked, like, "Well, why doesn't the family just leave the house?" They mm-hmm. said the family has tried had tried numerous times to go to campsites, and 
the events them. would still happen because okay. unfortunately it's it an infestation yeah. it attached to the family so right no matter where they would go no matter where they would go it's gonna be the same thing so yeah i i guess you know in saying that it went on for 13 years i guess you know i can you know say that it wasn't as easy as maybe we think of leaving exactly it, yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? this um, is a little more difficult is it's a little bit more tricky but yeah, that's the the Smurl family. Jesus. And what happened to them. Now we're going to talk about, um, is not specifically a family per se uh, or a single person? We're going to talk about the location that they actually investigated. Let's talk about Union Cemetery. So this is in Easton, Connecticut. And there's accounts of a white lady. All right. This is known to be one of the ha- most haunted cemeteries in the united states interesting in connecticut in connecticut but like i told you it's the new england area yeah because um i believe there's a lot of history there. yeah you have i mean the, you had the uh Sned- snedger snedger family was a haunting connecticut oh gotcha, snedger. Gotcha. they were also in, obviously haunting connecticut yeah was in connecticut. okay okay I get a you, lot okay. of this occurs in new england interesting there's just a lot that happens there but yes. you gotta understand it is the oldest civilized part of the of this country. Of this country, for the most part, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I would probably get venture off to say that. Uh, but yeah, so the white lady has been seen walking in front of cars along Route 59 at, oh, at night. Okay, and there's been a lot of concerned drivers that believe that they had hit a person. That's terrifying. Obviously, you oh see this gosh, lady walking yeah. the road. I I would panic too. Um, so these concerned driver drivers would exit their their vehicles, only discover there was nobody there. Poof, somebody vanished. Uh, the white lady uh, name it came from a witness uh, who said that she saw you know an apparition of a woman wearing a white gown. It appeared to be like a wedding dress. Okay, that gives me chills because I've seen in in my personal life I've I've seen an apparition of a woman that looks like that. I feel like that's like. I almost don't feel like it's it's specific. I feel like it's just almost like a broad range of things that yeah. something could take the form of. You get me? Oh, yeah. No, it's so, in 1990, Ed and Lorraine Warren uh, set up their cameras in the cemetery to do an investigation. Uh, they recorded an investigation. So, like, apparently shortly after, allegedly after 2.40 a.m., they heard the weeping of the sound of a weeping woman. Yeah. Um, Toss it. And apparently a female form had begun to move several feet in their direction. So it was kind of approaching them. And as Ed approached the woman, apparently she vanished in a thin air. Uh, Yeah. But this this haunting itself wasn't violent. It was just kind of there. It was, you know, just wandering. It was almost like a wandering Okay, so it's not necessarily attached to any particular thing, doing particularly bad things. It's just there. Yeah. So nowadays, apparently the cemetery is said to close um, after sunset. Okay, so just in case. Just out of precaution. So, yeah. This one wasn't as spoopy, I don't think. This is kind of like... No, it's it's just... It's interesting to note that they didn't just investigate, like, wild wild stuff. The wild stuff. They did a variety of stuff. Now, fasten your seatbelt to, if not, I don't say my favorite one, but the most fascinating one... To my Twilight fans out there, Team Jacob specifically, you're going to like this one. You're going to like this one. We're going to talk about the infamous case of the werewolf in London. Ew, fun. I think I have heard the name of this. I don't know if I know of it extremely well, though. So this seemed to have affected Bill Ramsey. 
And apparently this was like almost a lifelong thing oh, that happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. So he was born in Southend-on-Sea, England. And he recalls an event in his childhood where he would kind of feel this strange, strange like rage come over him. Okay. And he had this like almost like superhuman strength. And he actually was able to un- uproot an entire fence. This is his childhood. Oh. <laughs> and this comes yeah. from like his accounts, the accounts of others, like um the childhood not sure, but as an adult, he said he would claim to witness his face transforming into a wolf and his hand twisting into claws. So they're just kind of like So Jeez. so basically the Warrens basically were involved when London police officers reported being attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> They actually were t- reported being attacked by a werewolf. Oh, okay. That's not where I thought this was going to go. So the police themselves. Wow. Okay. Fun. Fun, fun. So this is actually a quote, I believe, um, from Ed Warren. And he says, this was the first case of lycanthropy that we had ever come across. I interviewed the police officers that were actually attacked by this man. Now he stands about 170 centimeters, so about 5'7", and weighs about 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. But he would, so pretty much an average size guy, not even yeah. that tall, not even that big. And he would throw them around like they were kindling wood. And this is police officers, he said, were well over six feet tall. So this thing was what? massive. Well, not even mad that he was massive, but he was strong, powerful. Like, this is Jesus a strong Christ. person. So, in 1989, the Warrens uh, convinced uh, Ramsey to come to their church in Connecticut and undergo exorcism. Okay. Um, and re- allegedly, um, during the events that unfolded with the exorcism, uh, they said that Ramsey's face began to contort. Ooh. Um, and he launched on the exorcist. He attacked the exorcist. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> But when Father Gary gone, Thomas, are you okay? Uh, the exorcism was a success, and there was no other incidents reported. There you okay. go. Bam! The werewolf in London. So it, it was a done deal. It was a done deal. Yeah. So just like the first one. But this is like I, I find it interesting because it like goes from stems from childhood. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder how did this start? Like how did this start? That this who noted this first? Who like wow? <laughs> childhood like you're in preschool this is such a fascinating case to me because it's just like it there's it, a lot it's, there's it's, a lot it's going a lot to there's unpack. a lot, a lot I, I would like to see them do a conjuring movie about this i they wouldn't surprise me if i'm honest with you it, there, i feel like this is good material i mean these next couple of cases i literally when i was looking for more lesser known cases of the warrens i stumbled across like an article that was like oh like movies that like cases that could be turned into movies okay like i definitely have the like this what happened to the small family could definitely be turned into a movie oh absolutely i think it'd be a rough one but i think the union cemetery may or may not have been kind of nodded towards in in the latest annabelle one because there was a scene with the cemetery Okay. I feel like that might have been a little nod to a that A little case. Easter egg. I mean, that's what I kind of perceived it as when I was, like, 
you know. Okay. Just Fair because enough. it's not as tangible. Yeah. And not as not as more bang bang not a bang for your buck kind of case. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like, really violent happened. It was just mainly the apparition of a woman. Not a Hollywood blockbuster no, kind of a no, story. Just, no death, no gore. It's just like, oh, okay. She's just she's just there. She's just walking. She doesn't attack anybody. No, she's just doing her thing. Kind of mm-hmm. more residual than anything. Versus just, like a werewolf. Yeah, she's just kind of like stucky there at that point in time. Pretty much, yeah. Hmm. Alrighty, so I saved. I don't want to say the best for last because I feel like kind of morbid for saying that. But tying the suspense. This is actually, we're going to talk about the events that are going to be depicted in the newest Conjuring movie that's coming out. Conjuring 3, Devil Made Me Do It. This is the famous demon murder trial. Now, this is the first time in U.S. court history that they tried to argue, like, you know, we when we talk about the legal system, you know, it's common to hear, you know, uh, not guilty by reason of insanity, right? It's Mm -hmm. a common, common defense used, right? Now, their argument was not guilty by reason of demonic possession. And it seems like a stretch, but but bear with me. Bear with me as, as we unpack this. Hang in there. Hang in there as we unpack this story. So this takes place in the 80s. So we have 19-year-old Arnie Johnson. He fatal, apparently fatally stabbed his landlord, yes. Alan Bono, with a pocket knife more than 20 times. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that violent. And it takes place in Connecticut as well. Oh, my Brooklyn, gosh. Connecticut. Never going to Canada. And apparently it was the first murder to have occurred in the town in like 193 years. Oh my gosh. This yep. is a very safe, quiet neighborhood. Pretty quiet town, small town. Oh um, obviously not much happens, right? Oh. So let's let's do a little not backtrack, much right? To happen. Back in time. Let's go back in time for a little bit. So before the before these events occurred, um, John- Johnson had moved in with his girlfriend and his and the girlfriend's younger brother David, who mm-hmm. claimed he was being tormented by a demon. Okay, right. Um, so basically, the family of uh, of Johnson's girlfriend called in the help of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Apparently, when they performed this exorcism on on David, which successfully expelled forty two demons. <laughs> In his body, apparently. Oh my god. Apparently, during this exorcism, Johnson dared the demons to enter his body instead. Pretty much what was what just you like an idiot. Well, it wasn't what even is wrong with but you. Apparently, what he said was basically like, like, don't take him, like take me kind of deal. Like he put himself out uh, there. Which is No, take uh, the child. Oh my god. It was it's 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 a kind of hard like, oh gosh, so like poor dude. Like, uh, yeah. I bet he really regretted that. So one month later, he had no history of violence whatsoever, this guy, Arnie Johnson. He killed the landlord in cold blood. My God. I mean, stabbing him more than 20 times. That's rage. Yep. That's because that's overkill at that point. So in court, Johnson's claim claimed that he was not guilty by reason of demonic possession. However, unfortunately, he was found guilty of first degree manslaughter and received a sentence of 20 years however this story just has a more positive uh ending to it he only served five years due to good behavior okay so i wonder if they 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 even realize like that eh, there's like something to this well that's the thing it's like this guy had no prior history of violence whatsoever 
Mm-hmm. Nothing. Clean so record completely. Nineteen years out of nowhere. Just snap. nowhere. Would just stab his lawyer, not lawyer, landlord, twenty <laughs> times. No, no, his lawyer, not he the did lawyer. A shitty job. <laughs> he did a shitty job. No, his landlord, more than twenty times. Yeah. That's really bad. It's really bad. But you get to see the unpacking and obviously probably the stretching of truth just a little bit with Hollywood uh Yeah, because I, I, was, movie. I was watching the trailer and I, there was some things that I noted from what I knew of this case to be true. But yes. then, of course, there was some stuff that looked a little exaggerated. Um, but I, I like, know I'm gonna, that... I'm going to call Cap on that. Yeah, I know that there's they can take certain liberties uh, considering that... I don't know what sort of deal, you know, they did with they the did. Warrens yes. to access their case files mm-hmm. and to create movies. But obviously the Warrens, I think, are extremely and fairly aware that they're going to take liberties oh, and they're yeah. going to stretch it. And oh, I yeah. guess they're okay with that. So to long some as extent, I, I whatever, guess. Whatever, you know. Yeah. As long as the, I guess, the the moral of the story or whatever um, is not lost. And um, truthfully, I'm a really big fan of the actors that play Ed and Lorraine Warren. I think they... They, I think they depict them so well that it's it's wild to me. Like I love it, and I'm I'm interested to see this particular case brought to light. Did they say okay? Uh, question: mm-hmm. Child of Forty Two Demons. Um, how did that happen? Just just got lost in the woods one day. Like <laughs> I don't know. How, like, I don't know how how does how does one go so wrong? I don't know. That you get 42 demons inside of that you. That to me sounds like somebody oh, was messing around with a lot uh, of stuff they shouldn't yeah. and he was he's a child so he's, or the family was he's, cursed. He's innocent. He's a weak yeah, potentially weak kid. target and oh, yeah. was I mean, if you most of most of these like hauntings and like demonic infestations mostly target aka the weak of the family yeah, which tend to be the youngest children the youngest child yep. if not the younger children right mm-hmm. um but yeah Dang. that's so wild to me wild and yeah. it you know okay okay to play the devil's advocate here no pun intended um like wow. At the end of the day, somebody was murdered. So I'm sure, you know, the legal system is trying to, you know, uh, find fault. And yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't say what did or didn't happen there. Mm. Could they have come up with this excuse? And he, he Could he have snapped and done this and then been like, yeah. oh, you know, there was that one time where like there was like this There were some demons. So I can use that as a defense. That could have been something, but I guess we'll just never know. We'll just, we'll just never know. Yeah. It's just very interesting that the warrants happen to be tied to this particular story again. Yeah. Wow. <coughs> oh my gosh, my throat's itchy. It's gosh, gosh, gosh. <laughs> I think my throat is dry from talking. <laughs> well, and I do this all the time. Yeah, some water. Do I have some water? I do have some water. You want my BTS cup? Sure, I guess. Yeah. All right. Take a sip. <laughs> I steered the ship for a little bit. All right. I would. I almost. You know, the first thought was to start singing Dynamite, and I was like, I don't know if that's copyright. So I'm not. I'm not finna trying to. Yeah. Don't try. Pass- I'm don't not trying my, to get... Don't get my last... The, the episode that I finally get to bleed. Like... Oh, no. I'd be so sad. Getting... getting. It's You'd a, be sad. I'd be really sad. Getting a letter I, from, like, Big Hit, and they're like, actually, you need to take that down. Cut that shit out. <laughs> Signed by Jungkook. <laughs> don't, we don't want BTS associated with this nonsense. I'll be like, no! Uh, cookie. Anyways. All right. So... 
Now, for my skeptics who have hung on this long, I give you a little piece of pie. For the person who at the for beginning you. heard you talking about the warns and is like, I uh, call bullshit. I'm calling cat. This one's for you. All right. Now, obviously, you have, we talked about a little bit. I kind of sprinkled some throughout, um, mm. especially for the specific cases. Most of them about the warns themselves, but more so the specific cases. Yeah. So, it was mainly two articles. It was mainly like two kind of exposés, if you will. Okay. Um, that were done. One was um, an interview with uh, in 1997 with the Connecticut Post. Uh, it was a journalist, Steve Novella and Perry DeAngelis investigated the warrants. And apparently there's a uh, New England Skeptical Society. I think that that was formed as sort of a retaliation for the, the uh, New England... Uh, both say the New England uh, Society for Psychic Psych Psychic Psychic Research. I almost said psychiatric research. <laughs> That's another Felt. thing. Um, and basically, um, they found that the Warrens were, were pleasant people, but they claimed that. But apparently, they were just pretty much saying that their claims of demons and ghosts is like uh, meaningless ghost stories. Yeah, it's bullcrap. Uh yeah. Pretty much that they uh, watched the videos of the war, like pretty much the warrants tried to like show their best evidence to them, and they pretty much said it's all blarn, yada yada yada. That they found common errors with the flash photography, and it was just like nothing evil really was going on with okay. artifacts in their opinion. But then at the in same their time, opinion. they're also but that's opinion. They're yeah, also, it's an opinion. But they're also working with the New England Skeptical Society, so I feel like there may have been already a bias kind of already. There. Yeah. Okay, I get you. Um, this one was. More gentle, if you will. Um, the Sydney More Morning gentle. Herald. Uh, so this pretty much this article was uh, examining whether supernatural films were uh, based on true events. Okay. And so they talked about. Uh, uh, they pretty much were talking about uh, the Warrens, obviously. So basically. They, what they said was, like, they're they're a nice couple, you know? Like, they seem like genuinely nice people, but it's just okay. not compelling evidence. But they also, they also said, like, like listen, they don't think, though, the Warrens were, like, trying to cause harm to anyone. Okay. Um, But they believe that it was kind of, like, delusions. But they they cautioned in the sense that the, the, like, the Warrens, like, the, the hyping up of, like, these cases and stuff, it's, like, reinforcing delusions and pretty much confusing the public on, like, Le- quote unquote legitimate yeah. scientific methodology right fact from fiction basically yeah so essentially take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. again i love how everybody <sighs> even the skeptics had to agree that well these they're at nice the end of the, at the end of the day they're, they're, nice they're, people. Nice people, they're nice people i guess they're a nice I couple guess. lorraine baked those cookies and you know they were really good they were some, you know but you know ed painted a portrait of portrait. me and i mean i guess it was cool. like a caricature he just like cool. he just like sat down and did like a caricature like a whole ass caricature of them <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> anyways but yeah so that's pretty much what i was able to find on like the criticism obviously everyone's a critic yeah. People will form their opinions. And I think there's a healthy... We have to be... You take things with a grain of salt. We have to... I think there has to be a checks and balance system, but I also understand that in regards to the paranormal stuff like that, who is really an expert and who can really judge, no offense, like, what is legitimate or not? Like, that this is isn't... True. We're basically, like, paranormal research and stuff like that are basically creating the science. They're creating that they are the ones that are creating this field of science if you will so like yeah 
I I just say I keep a healthy dose of skepticism, but also I am more inclined to believe because I would rather believe and then find out that it's not true than to say it's not true and then find out that it was. Mm. Like, facts. That's personally me when it comes to this sort of stuff because um, having been somebody that has experienced strange things in my life, the last thing I would want is somebody to listen yeah. to what I'm saying and be like, well, I think you think you experience something, but scientifically it doesn't make sense. So we're <laughs> they just be gonna... gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just gonna toss it out the window. That would that would that'd be rough. And a lot of these pe- people seem to have like, you know, this deeply impacted their lives, mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't live like they the don't. they didn't live like the best quality of life yeah, for a season afterwards. or for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So like. I feel like there's something for that. And even Ed and Lorraine Warren, I'm sure they had their fair share of things happen where there are times where things were not good, where I'm sure it took a terrible toll on them. The Warrens definitely were uh, transparent in a sense of how much that affected their home. I mean, their daughter, Judy, talks about how that traumatized her as a child. Yep. She seems to be a little bit more hands-off when it comes to um, these experiences. And I don't and blame you. I don't you. blame her. I, like, she at all. had to have gone through quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know. Like, just try you, like, just as you a child. You try living in a home where there's, uh, in your basement. Well, also, uh, outside of that, like. haunted artifacts. Going to school as a child and having this legacy behind you, like, who's going to want to be your friend? Like, you know. Yeah. Who's like people like, are gonna you know, make fun of you? People, yeah, like, people are gonna think, oh, your parents are just crazy. Exactly. Like, so that that is rough. I can I can definitely yeah. see where that I do. Would. I do sympathize with Judy. Um, you know that it had to have been a rough upbringing. Not saying that the Warrens weren't great parents. Mm-hmm. None of that. There's but it's so just yeah. there's only so much they could have done in a sense of um, the field of which they were studying mm-hmm. and their work. But yeah, so um, to kind of wrap things up, I wanted to just talk a little bit. Um, you know, paying homage to the Warrens. Uh, Talk about their legacy. You know, all these case files that we talked about and so much more that have probably haven't even been on Earth, talked about, discovered, all that mm-hmm. jazz. Um, just talk about just all of this. What does it mean like for now? And like mm-hmm. what has it like kind of contributed to now? So I mean, first thing first things for first first things first. Wow, I can't speak. <laughs> um we have the entire Conjuring cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. We do. Literally an entire cinematic. They literally marveled this. They literally said, we are... Star Wars, hold our... Ho- no. ho- hold my beer. Hold, hold my holy oil. Let's let's let's, let's, let's just drop all these bad boys. Like, literally, they have this entire cinematic universe that has been created, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for our entertainment... I mean, Hollywood obviously will stretch some things, but yeah, it, they're, they're fun to watch. They're still a fun time to watch yeah. with friends. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, we also have just the idea, this the study of demonology. Wasn't a very commonly known study? No, this is the thing that, like, the Vatican held under lock and key Ooh, for the most yes. part. It was something, it was like, they, they mainly controlled and they they almost to some extent denied it's like it was almost denied but denied publicly but behind closed doors and if you ask the right people it was known to be a thing um so yeah yeah so it kind of uh gave like public awareness to like what Mm -hmm. demonology is um 
And which is kind of, you could say, a good or a bad thing. Yes. It's like bad thing in a sense because you have stupid people that are just like, huh, I woke up and decided decided to become a demonologist. Right? It is definitely not that easy. That's a whole other can of worms that the extreme vetting process that the Vatican, the Vatican, (laughs) the Vatican puts you through essentially to deem you capable of being a demonologist because Mm. it's not... I, not easy, lighthearted work I by any never. means. You have to have a very strong spirit. Anyways, um, but I guess also a good thing in a sense, it becomes public awareness um, to identify things. You know, if you are a believer, um, if you experience some things or kind know somebody, you can kind of kind of pick up what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of know the appropriate channels yeah. to navigate through, right? So yeah, it, it made it a conversation it, that you yeah, could have point. versus being ashamed and hiding it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So also another legacy, their occult museum. Yes. Uh, it still does exist in Connecticut. The home, their home, it's, the museum is still there, and it is run by their son-in-law Tony Spera. Interesting. I'm like, I'm like yeah. ruling it. The Warrens. I mean, maybe. I don't know if it's open right now because of COVID. Monroe. Well, <gasps> what? Just permanently closed. What happened? Oh no! I wonder if they've like if it's just a thing for right now. Like, awesome place to visit, but very horror place. But I'm not reading the. It's reviews. like going to an ice cream store and being mad because they sell ice cream. Oh, they're trying to find apparently a new location. Oh, okay. <laughs> we I, have so we much have stuff. so much stuff right now. There you go. Um. We're reading the Google reviews right now. So I love that somebody literally posted this. Um, okay, blah blah blah. blah. Respect your privacy. It's a peaceful place. Okay, so okay, permanently closed. I like that this man took a picture. Like, he drove up to it, and he was like, wow, I'm disappointed. I'm like, <laughs> so about a year ago or so? So I guess they're trying to find a new place? It could be the Tony Sparrow's, like, trying to... Yeah, something to that extent, I would I would think so, yeah. Oh, that's... Okay, obviously, after Lorraine Warren's death, you know. Yeah, things... Yeah, that's a whole... Where to move from there. Yeah, 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 no, which, which is understandable, understandable. Very much understandable. Um, I'm gonna not look at some of this pictures. Sorry, <laughs> I love was like sorry. Right? Oh, no, no, thank you. That's so sad. Aww. Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me because I mean, this was part. This was their legacy, and it's like now that they're gone, how do you um, how do you fully um, take yes, care sir. of this? And maybe they just thought that they couldn't handle um, they couldn't handle people consistently coming in and out and keeping people safe. You know, yeah. there's a, there's, I mean, there's, there's I can a lot only that imagine all it. the things that went into it. Oh know? yeah, that most definitely. Yeah. Paracon. What? what Wait this? a minute. Oh, this is live, folks. What, live what time. This? We're on real time, man. October 30th, 2020. What is this? It's like a convention. Must... Wait, wait, what is this? You also get... Wait, okay. All right. Wait, hold on. We'll up. sidebar after. Uh, yeah, keep, yeah. keep that up. I'm going to keep this tab keep, up. Keep that tab Continue. up. Continue. Uh, the legacy of the chat might, might go on the road. Uh, so. Wow. VIP party. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Oh. 
Okay, continue. I guess, no, this this doesn't, maybe we're not going on the road. I mean, you don't have to. Okay, anyways. Uh, we can do that. Okay. General, so, general admission only. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we might do that. That sounds okay. like a better Anyways, option. so, yeah. So, yeah. What was I talking about? Okay. So, let's moving on to more family ties. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with a show that was on the Travel Channel, Haunted Collector. It was one of my favorite shows, um, also in my uh, cult preteen phase, uh, to watch. And I didn't know this, and I was so fascinated by it. Yeah. But the main man of the show john zaffis is actually the nephew of ed and lorraine warren that's pretty cool he entered the same field as his aunt and uncle and he was pretty much mentored by them he was their apprentice mm -hmm. uh growing up and he actually created an occult museum of haunted and cursed objects as well and he does investigation of haunted locations uh, because of artifacts pretty much the same thing that his aunt and uncle did so i think it's pretty cool it's like a family legacy right Okay, understandable. It's like it's, they keep it as a family. It's a family business, man. So, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Everyone. So, now we're going to go into... I know who this is. Okay, I was like... What? I actually know who that is. I've chatted with that person. So, now we're going into another apprentice of theirs. Um, mm -hmm. His name is Ralph Sarchi. And if you have watched um, the movie Deliver Us from Evil, um, it has Eric Bana in it. Yes, his name right, Eric Bana. Sure. Um, I yeah. know the, so I know Ralph Sarchi. the person. I don't know person's name. So he was actually a police officer turned demonologist. Yes. Um, so Deliverance from Evil pretty much is inspired by events, um, phenomena that he pretty much encountered that in his time witnessed. as a police yeah. officer. Uh, I believe he has a, a book called Beware the Night or something like mm -hmm. that, um, where he discusses goes into more details. he goes into more details about uh some of these encounters he faced um and so a lot of it caused him to speculate and have questions and here's the thing is that he mm -hmm. talks about how at this time um in his career he sort of strayed away from his faith his catholic faith he wasn't much of a believer at that point okay. and this sort of coincidentally kind of brought him back in <laughs> to being a believer mm -hmm. um so as he begins this quest he uh obviously does his research and he falls into you know learning about the warrants and he admired their work. Um, he started attending seminars of theirs, um, sort of became more connected with them. And to a point he became actually, he assisted them in cases. Oh, dang. And they actually entrusted him to be the founder of the New York city chapter of the new England society for psychic research. Oh, fun fact. Um, and if you guys didn't know, um, another legacy of the Warrens is that they founded the new England society of psychic research or Nespers, Nesper, Nespers. Yes. They are the founders of Nespers. So, yeah. So that is. Oh, wow. Oh, hold up. Wow. Let, me, let me do a wow. Wow. <laughs> This is a lot of knowledge that was just thrown at thrown you. Thrown out into the void. Oh, yeah. Let's give a round of applause. Hey, wherever you, you are. You know, this is a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's okay. I, I think I like spoke like Buster Rhymes. Like, it's okay. It's... My throat is itchy and dry. <laughs> so I would appreciate it if you take the last. Yes. No, no. Uh, okay. Take the So, wheel again, back. big take round it. of applause to Alanis for. Uh, for guiding us through this look into the Warrens, their history, a bit of their legacy, and some of their cases. Um, again, 
Uh, she came up to me with this idea based off of the Conjuring 3 trailer coming out. Um, and we thought, what better time to do it than now? You know, so thank you, Alanis. I appreciate you for coming on as part of the adore away as part of our one year uh, anniversary special. Mm. So two partners uh, with Alanis over here. Um, True crime and then um, spoopy. Yeah, spoopy. Spoopy. Maybe I'll need to. Oh my god! I, I just need to realize like... my Babu Duke lost his fingers. <laughs> Her Baba Duke sticker lost some fingers. No. Baba no. Baba no. <laughs> Poor thing. But again, thank you guys for tuning in for supporting us for one year up until now. Um, some housekeeping thingies. I don't. I, I. I actually don't know. We did demographics the last one, and I don't think things are going to change very much from Brain then. Bro. Um. We now know where Brain is. Yes, we did some research. Brain is beautiful, guys. Absolutely beautiful. Like I, 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 I might. Really wa- I really want to take a trip yeah. to Brain. Yeah, I've learned so much now from you guys as well. <laughs> yes. But um, as always, guys, make sure you're following us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter. Thank you. And our email is always open for if you want to share any stories Ooh, uh any story things that you hear research uh, if you have information if you have a uh, podcast episode idea always open for that and we are also still always looking for people who want to be on the podcast to be interviewed and or uh, just to share stories or whatever That's nice. we're very flexible for that um would like to keep up more um more interesting topics though I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, stay safe, friends. Uh, enjoy your, your the rest of your week. Sleep tight. Stay spooky. Stay fun. Um, mm. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think you said it all, man. I think I said everything. All right, guys. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Picking it up. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> Michael Jackson you know, I saw the you know I saw it the other day in the drive-thru at Starbucks. She ordered a Trenta pink drink and I saw her like look real beat as hell with no makeup. <laughs> and I literally went, Yee! I went, she and I, and I hit away. <laughs> she probably saw me, she. but I literally I like was like she and I would like tucked into like a little corner. She's there, bye. <laughs> Peace out. Ain't got time for that. I'll well, talk to you when I talk to you. We'll send this graduation photo. Wow. Is that Texas Roadhouse? Um, no. no. It like Outback? Me- mm, no. That menu looks weird. Be like, where'd you eat? <laughs> where'd you <laughs> Where'd you guys go? When the meds start kicking in. After to celebrate. It's like the like the TikTok where it's like the person's like eating or doing something. And it's like ah, and it's like the blurry. I'm like ah. Mm.